Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon. My name is Chantel, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Kirkland Lake Gold second quarter 2020 earnings call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. Thank you. Mark Addy, you may begin your conference. Thanks very much, Operator, and I just want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, welcome to our second quarter 2020 conference call webcast. On today's call, we will review our results for the three and six months ended June 30th, 2020. On the call today um, are many of our uh, Kirkland Lake Gold senior management team. Uh, speaking today will be Tony McCooch, our president and CEO. David Soares, our Chief Financial Officer, Duncan King, our Vice President, Canadian Operations, Evan Pelche, our Vice President, Kirkland Lake Mining, and Eric Calio, our Senior Vice President, Exploration. Um, there are also uh, a number of other members of the Senior Management Team on the phone as well that may help with the uh, Q&A session. As we did in Q1, we're doing today's call remotely, consistent with our COVID-19 health and safety protocol. After we go through the presentation, we'll then open the call to questions. We ask that each person limit themselves to two questions on today's call. The slide deck that we'll be referring to is available on our website, both on the home page and in the events section. Before I get started, I would like to direct everyone to the forward-looking statements on slide two of the slide deck. Our remarks and answers to questions may and most likely will contain forward-looking information about future events affecting our company. Please refer to slide two as well as the forward-looking information section of our most recent MDNA dated July 29, 2020 for more information. Also during today's call, we'll be making reference to non-IFRS performance measures. A reconciliation of these measures is available in our most recent MDNA as well. Finally, I'll mention that all figures given today will be in US dollars unless otherwise stated. With that, I'll now turn the call over to Tony McCooch, President and CEO of Kirk and Lake Gold. Hey, thanks, Mark. And, uh, and, and, and as Mark said, thanks, everybody, for being on the call. It's uh, nice to get a, to, to give an update on what's happening in Q2. And I'm going to start on slide four in the deck. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the one main main uh, highlight on, on this slide, I think maybe put you bring to your attention is, is our number one priority is the health and safety of our people. And, and you know, and that's that's everything we do is all about that, uh, about ensuring people come to work and work safe and go home safe to their families. And if you look at the results, and you did, you know, you can see that we've had very good operating results in, in quarter. And uh, you know, it's really a testament to the to the to, to in these challenging times how, how the people have taken it seriously, have acted very professionally, and carried out their work uh, in, in a very responsible and safe manner. And, you know, we really have to thank the people for, for all the hard work that they did, and you know we look forward to continued success. And then you know, uh, you know maybe, maybe I'll start by providing an update on where we stand on, on the COVID-19. Uh, you know, as many, as many of you know, we placed both Eco Lake and Macassar and reduced operations at the end of March, and we suspended operations entirely at the whole complex. Possible remained in production, though, though like all of our operations, it implemented an extensive list of health and safety protocols. And we also suspended all non-essential work there, including uh, work on some of the projects uh, and, and the expiration drilling. Projects would have included, uh, the main thing was event rays, and we were doing some work on, uh, on, on the water treatment plant. We did resume most of our work, our, our project work in late April, including shaft sinking at Macassa. In terms of expiration, we, we began the, the, the redeploying drills at Trossville in April and, and started in Canada in May. And this process is continuing. We expect the ramp up of drilling to go on for some time. We began calling workers back at Detroit Lake and Macassa in early May, and by the end of the quarter, their work, the workforces of both these places were up back up to pre-COVID levels. 
Operations at the whole complex remain suspended, and we recently announced that this will continue for the foreseeable future. Uh, with that, we, 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 we transferred as many employees as we could to, to other Canadian operations on the Cass and Detour. Uh, we, 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 we really we, we took advantage of, of this opportunity and, and eat contracted, co- contractors that were working where we could put our own employees in. We put our own employees in to fill, fill the role. And, and now, as, as we go forward, we're looking at, at, at opportunities for what to do with, with the whole complex. And, you know, one of the things there is, you know, there, there, there is some significant exploration upside on, on these properties. And, and, and that, those are something we may look at in the future. But it's got to be something that, that fits within our cost structure and ensures a proper return for Kirk and Lake shareholders. Finally, on COVID, as you may know, conditions are getting worse in, in the state of Victoria and Australia. They're in the midst of a spike in COVID cases and many parts of Melbourne are in lockdown or, you know, I guess the, the relative lockdown like we are in, in, in Canada. At this point, we really haven't been impacted in terms of production. However, we are monitoring this situation very closely and we'll take the next necessary steps to protect our people. I'll turn your attention to slide five and, and you know, I, I just want to point out that, you know, we, we've, you know, within Kirk and Lake Gold, we've adopted uh, the responsible gold mining principles that that that, that were, were developed by the World Gold Council. You know, we're focused on on a, a number of key areas in, in related to governance, uh, governance, and I think that this defines our contact and our co- sorry, our our conduct and and how we how we how we manage our supply chain, how we how we understand the impacts in in, in the environment, how we deal with regulators, etc. Uh, on the social side, the health and safety of people. Uh, human rights, labor rights, and how we fit into our community and recognize the importance of the community and people. And, and also, in, in our third leg was in the environment, where we, you know, we, we focus on understanding the environmental, uh, you know, what we need to do from an environmental stewardship point of view, and, you know, divide, the, 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 devising our operating plans with mind closure in mind and work towards, you know, you know we, we are there, we do have an impact, but have our impact not be as 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 bad as it needs to be per se. On the governance and social environment, you know, I, I, again, I, you know, without getting into too much more detail on this, you can, you know, it outlines a few areas here. I think one of the main points I want to I want to uh, point to is, you know, from a from a social point of view, from a people point of view, we know we've 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 had a significant improvement in our in our TMI for our medical injury frequency. Uh, throughout the operations, we've improved almost 100% since over the last few years, and uh, we're sitting at a, at, a, at a frequency of 2.2 currently. And our target is to get below one. So we, we don't. We, although we've made uh, significant improvements over the last while, we, we, we're not there yet, and, and we're doing a lot of things in the company to get ourselves to that. We we feel strongly that you know we we, we, we this is we, we don't have people come to work. Uh, to get harmed, and uh, you know we're going to do what we can to, to make sure people can come to work, to do the work that they to to to, to uh, earn earn a living. They can have to go enjoy time with the family and the friends. We've also, you know, I think you know we 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 developed a, a donation program for, from the company coming out of COVID-19. And that, I mean, the main thing I wanted to point out here is a number of our main areas that we really want to focus on. Mental health, addiction, and, and and homelessness. We think it's a critical area in terms of supporting people in the, in the communities we live in. Uh, youth training and employment. We we, we really want to, you know, set set things up for succession and for, for you know we, we intend to be we're building long life mine assets at, at each of our mines, and, and we we want to make sure that we we're developing the people that can come 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 into that and provide provide the opportunity for people. Uh, we're looking at elderly care. As well as uh, food, food and nutrition, uh, you know, we think these are very, pretty important areas as well. And you know, in terms of uh, on the social side, we've, we've updated our human rights policy, and you know, we we're, we're focused on, uh, on on providing a you know recognizing diversity and providing an, an inclusive uh, work uh, workplace, and you know that we we allow you know all people to prosper regardless of of of, of any differences that may happen. Right? We also going on slide seven, uh, you know, our, and, and on the environment side, you know, we are focused on a number of areas. I think one one thing that we've, we should highlight is, you know, Macassa Mine has been the leader and within Kirkland Lake Gold, uh, at, at, at using a battery technology 
uh, underground. We've, 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 you know, we started, I mean, it started before, before my, 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 my ten, tenure at uh, Kirkland Lake Gold. And, uh, you know, we just continued on with it. We've made a lot of improvements. It is, you know, we're still not quite there, but, you know, in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, you know, we, we, we recognize the importance of, of, of monitoring this and managing this and trying to, you know, and, 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 and managing our carbon footprint. And, and we're working hard, and this is one of our priorities as, as we continue to, to advance our operations. On the water side, we recognize water is important. You know, most of our operations are, are based, basically zero discharge. And Fossilville, you know, we, we recently uh, you know, put in a new water treatment plant that set it up for zero discharge. And that's both at Detour and, and Macassar, we're working we're, we're close and we're working towards that. Um, you know, we, we focus on rehabilitation, and one, one of the other areas is on tailings and our tailings facilities. We, we monitor our tailings facility, both both current operating ones as well as our uh, historic ones, or the ones we've we maybe have inherited for stability, etc. We 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 do what we can to, to what we what, you know we look at the new engineering standards. Uh, you know, adopt the highest level for for for, for dam standards that in all jurisdictions, not just. You know, with the, the, the high standards that, that, that there are, not just in the regulatory environment that we're in, uh, we've, we've made significant improvements in the McCassett payment facility. And, you know, and some of the other things we're doing is we'll, we're focusing on new facilities where we, we look, especially in Kirkham Lake, where we go to thick and tails in, in order to minimize our footprint for the tailings area. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll now uh, go, to, go to slide. I believe it's slide eight, and I'll talk about our financial and operating results in the quarter. And you can see we, we did have a very strong quarter despite disruptions caused by COVID-19. Adjusted earnings for 79 cents per share. This increased from 52 cents in last year's second quarter and 70 cents in Q1 of this year. We did have a significant dis dis difference between adjusted earnings per share and earnings per share, which mainly reflected some non-cash foreign exchange losses, which we had in Q2. David Soros, our CFO, he'll be talking a little bit later and he'll give you a little bit more update on that or more color on that. Once again, it was cash flow where our business really showed its strength. If we exclude the impact of a large tax payments in Australia related to the 2019 tax year, we generated operating cash flow of over 350 million and free cash flow of over 225 million during the quarter. We clearly benefited from a high, higher gold price, but our operating performance was very strong production was 332,000 ounces with sales of 341,000 ounces. Cash costs were $374 per ounce, but if you exclude Beecher Lake, they were $241 per ounce if you want to compare it to that quarter a year ago. On the same basis, all in sustaining costs were $526 per ounce. Both, both, and again, both measures were significantly better than a year ago. And on Beecher Lake, it had a very solid quarter, which I'll discuss shortly. I will say that we saw we saw improvement quarter over quarter in terms of unit costs. I'm looking at the oil price. The timing of our acquisition of Eastern Gold couldn't have been better, and definitely our the actions that we were able to do to, to close hedges, both on gold hedges, currency hedges, and and um, and uh, you know, diesel uh, fuel hedges has, has has had a significant benefit to the company to the operation, I should say. Turning to slide nine. We ended the quarter at $535 million of cash and no debt. And it's maintaining ourselves in an industry-leading position in terms of our financial strength. We continue to return capital with the shareholders, repurchasing 1.3 million shares during Q2. That brought year-to-date repurchases of just over 11 million shares for $380 million. We've also recently paid our second quarterly dividend of 12.5 cents per share, which we doubled in the first quarter of this year. Also, during the first half of 2020, despite COVID, we achieved significant expiration success, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. Moving on to slide 10, I already mentioned the strong performance at Detroit Lake. I'll just add that we are very encouraged by what we see at, at Detroit. and believe that the best is still yet to come. This is really a, a, you know, a, a world-class asset, world-class operation. Uh, the people are, 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 are exceptional and definitely you know, the, the doers, and, you know, we're pretty excited about what we have happening at Detour. And, and you know, you know it's, it's been a very challenging year, a challenging quarter due to COVID up at Detour, but, you know, when it, it was, but the, um, excuse me, sorry. The production at Detour was 132,000 ounces. 
at a grade of 0.8 grams per ton in the quarter. We expect to see better grades going forward as mining rates have ramped up. And, you know, we, we gave our guidance. We feel very strongly about meeting the production guidance for, for the year so you can get the sense that the second half of this year it is going to be a much better second half. Cash costs and all and sustaining costs both improved from the first quarter. And very, very importantly, Detroit Lake continues to generate substantial free cash flow. It generated 80, $89 million of free cash flow in Q2, and for the five months since January 30, 31st, it generated over $167 million of free cash flow, which is about 40% of the company's free cash flow so far. And we expect production at Detroit to increase, as I said, in the second half of 2020. And, you know, with, with, with this production increase, uh, cash cost down and gold price where it is and are going up. You can see it's a very robust project. Turning to slide 11, we we have consistently said that our three-quarter stone assets are not just highly profitable operations. They're also three of the most exciting exploration stories in the industry. We do, you know, we, we, we do feel that understanding the geology and making a, making a, making a, make, making a, uh, an aggressive stance in terms of what we, what, where we think the geology is special is something important that just given value for Kirk and Lake shareholders and you know and, and, and we see that with these three 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 assets. We did have a lot of success in exploration so, so far this year. I won't get into the details because Eric Callier will discuss our exploration results later in the presentation. But at a high level at Macassa, we continue to do you know continue to show that you can grow the salt mine complex. We are encouraged by drill results to have them both on the main and the, and the 04 break and the amalgamated break. You know, the main main the 04 break have been ignored for quite some time with the, with the discovery of the self mine complex. Once the new shaft is in place, uh, the, the, it really opens up the opportunity to go back and 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 look and, and be able to mine again back on the on the on the main break uh, and more significantly, especially at depth. And you know, the amalgamated break is a whole new uh, mineralized uh, potential system. And you know, and, and you know, and, and things are as I said earlier, they think they're very close to the number four shaft. We've also at Macassa started the development of a new ramp from surface, which is going into some near surface mineralization, which is a combination of uh, of mentioned some old four break mineralization, some amalgamated break information, uh, sorry, mineralization, some um, some uh, uh, you know maybe some remnants of of, of, a, of a south mine complex up higher. And, and who knows what else? So we, we are very encouraged by the exploration upside, even near service at Macassa. At Deter, Deter, we we uh, you know, we recently put up results on some initial holes, which successfully intersected mineralization at attractive grades outside of existing mineral resources at three locations. At, you know, in the saddle zone, both west of the main pit at 58 North and at the North Pit. And then turning to Fossilville, we just issued a press release with encouraging drill results at a number of targets until drilling at Swan returned higher than expected grades. We've also intersected high-grade mineralization outside of existing mineral resources at Signet, Robbins Hill, and Area. And we continue to see that these are all very large hole systems, all contain quartz of physical gold, all contain the, the traditional uh, uh, sulfide mineralization, and you know it's it's extensive and be able to follow for quite quite a distance both down down plunge in, in, in these systems. And again, I'll, I'll, without me getting too much of it, I'll, I'll I'll let Eric get into more of the details shortly. Moving to slide 12, we reissued the 2020 guidance on June 30th, based on the progress we were achieving at Detroit Lake and Macassa, and 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 ramping up from reduced operations. We felt confident that we could. We could sort of give a better picture now back to our shareholders of what was happening. Our production guidance is about 90% of the original guidance, with most of the reduction coming from the removal of the whole complex from our guidance after April 2nd. We are targeting 1.35 to 1.4 million ounces this year, and are well positioned to achieve the target entering the second half of the year. Both operating cash costs and all in sustaining costs guidance improved, and we are beating the new guidance range after the first half of the year. Sustaining capital has been lower than planned for the year to date. Largely due to delays caused by COVID, we should see sustaining capital and all and sustaining costs in general increase in the second half of 2020, but we remain very well positioned to, to achieve or beat our guidance for the year. In addition, expiration expenditure guidance was reduced for the, for the year, which largely reflects disruptions caused by COVID and delays that could, could move some work into next year. At 130 to $150 million is still a very substantial program, and 
and, and I'll say that it, it is it is a much more focused program, uh, and, and you know and the main priorities are Fosterville building underground at Fosterville, uh, between targets the Harrier, uh, Swan, Signet, and 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 Robins Hill, uh, looking at detour uh, the, the whole saddle area, the, the west detour. And you get to understand what's happening below below the current pit and to the west of the pit to, to, to grow resources. As we say, we you know we we've indicated when we did the uh, the acquisition of detour that we feel there's substantial growth in, in, in resources and potential reserves over the next year or two. <coughs> and, and over at Macassa, we continue to uh, be very very excited about what we can find along the South Mine complex and the Mount Daniel Bridge. Overall, though, our guidance didn't change that much, particularly if you factor out the whole complex, and we're in very good shape to achieve our reissue 2020 guidance, as I said. With that, I'll turn the call over to David Soros, our Chief Financial Officer. Thank you, Tony, and good afternoon, everyone. I'll be starting on slide 13. As Tony mentioned, we had strong earnings in Q2 2020. Adjusted earnings totaled $202.9 million, or $0.79 cents per share, a 52% increase from Q2 2019 and 13% better than last quarter. We had a significant difference between adjusted net earnings per share of 79 cents and net earnings per share of 54 cents in Q2 2020. The difference was mainly related to 72.8 million of non-cash foreign exchange losses, reflecting the strengthening of the Australian and Canadian dollar against the US dollar during the quarter. This FX loss was primarily driven by the conversion of our significant cash balance held in U.S. dollars in Australia and Canada, and was also impacted by the conversion of an Australian-denominated intercompany loan between our Australian and Canadian entities. The other key difference between adjusted earnings and earnings related to 13.4 million of non-recurring costs related to COVID-19. These costs were mainly labor costs and were incurred because we paid wages to people in the initial period that they were off during reduced or suspended operations. We also paid special bonuses to people who worked extra days and hours due to restrictions on movement of people at the time. Turning to slide 14, the key driver of improved earnings in Q2 was higher revenue. Revenue in Q2 2020 totaled 581 million, double the revenue of 281.3 million in Q2 2019, and higher than the 554.7 million of revenue recorded last quarter. Of the increase from a year ago, 171 million related to a 61% increase in gold sales to 341,000 ounces, a 396 per ounce increase in the average gold price to $1,716 per ounce accounted for 135 million of the increase in revenue year over year. Compared to last quarter, we had a $44 million increase in revenue from a 130 per ounce increase in the gold price from $1,586 per ounce in Q1. This impact more than offset a $5 million reduction from gold sales, with gold sales of 341,000 ounces in Q2, slightly lower than 344,000 ounces last quarter. The reduction was mainly due to the suspension of operations at Hold Complex, which had sales of 3,600 ounces in Q2, versus 29,600 ounces in the first quarter. Looking ahead at EBITDA, as shown on slide 15, Q2 2020 EBITDA totaled $310 million, a 67% increase from $186 million in Q2 2019. Compared to last quarter, EBITDA was lower than the $391.5 million in Q1. The change from last quarter relates to net earnings, which were lower even though adjusted net earnings increased. I already mentioned the 72.8 million of FX losses in Q2. Well, in Q1, we had 73 million of gain from FX due to a weakening of the Aussie and Canadian dollar compared to the US dollar at the time. We will look to take advantage of any future triggering events that will allow us to convert to a US dollar functional currency, which will significantly reduce these FX fluctuations from period to period. Excluding FX gains and losses, we would have compared favorably to last quarter in terms of EBITDA. Turning to slide 16, it looks at our cash and cash flow. On the slide, you will see that our operating cash flow was very strong, 
but was impacted by the $132.6 million tax payment in Australia, which I want to emphasize is the final tax installment we had to pay for our 2019 tax year in Australia. Other factors impacting our cash was ongoing investments in our key assets, which mainly accounts for the $128 million of cash use for investing activities. Cash use for financing activities of $90 million reflected the $49.9 million we used to repurchase $1.3 million of shares in Q2 that Tony mentioned earlier, as well as $34.7 million used for dividend payments. Slide 17 looks at the change in cash in a different way. You can see that the largest contributor to growth in cash was from our operations, which generated about $322 million of cash, which is before interest, income tax paid, and the impact of changes in working capital. Slide 17 also highlights the impact of income taxes paid on cash during the quarter, mainly reflecting that $132.6 million payment uh, made for Australian tax payments uh, for the 2019 tax year. With that, I'll turn the call over to John Landmark, co-lead of our Australian operations. Thank you, David, and good, after and good afternoon, everybody from Melbourne. I should just mention, I also have with me Brian Hagen, who's our fellow co-lead of Australian operations. I'll be talking to slide 18. Possible had another strong quarter in Q2 2020. We produced 155,000 ounces. Production increased 10% from Q2 2019, with higher tonnes processed, mainly accounting for the increase. The average grade for the quarter was 39.5 grams per tonne, roughly the same as a year earlier. Production in Q2 compared to production of 160,000 ounces last quarter, when the average grade then was 42 grams per tonne. Cash costs in Q2 2020 were $129 per ounce, similar to both prior periods. All-in sustaining costs improved, averaging $273 per ounce versus $318 per, uh, in Q2 2019 and $313 last quarter. The change reflected lower levels of sustaining capital which totaled $11 million versus $23 million last year and $16 million in Q1. The reduction largely reflected the impact of COVID-19 protocols, which led to the suspension of project work and the deferral of some expenditures. We expect higher levels of sustaining capital in the second half of the year. I will point out that our all-in sustaining costs of $273 was achieved despite the new 2.75% royalty that started on January the 1st this year. The new royalty added $6.9 million, or $44 an ounce, to our all-in sustaining costs in Q2 2020. On a year-to-date basis, we produced 315,000 ounces in the first six months of 2020 at operating costs of $127 and all-in sustaining costs of $293 per ounce. Entering the second half of the year, we're well positioned to meet our guidance for 2020 of 590 to 610,000 ounces of production at cash costs of $130 to $150 per ounce. In terms of projects, despite disruptions, we've done well. Our new ventilation system was completed during Q2 2020, with the new system now fully operational. We also completed our new refinery during the quarter and are moving forward with a number of other projects. Finally, Tony mentioned that we're seeing a spike in COVID cases in Victoria. For the most part, it has been restricted to Melbourne, though in recent days it does appear to be expanding to other areas, including Bendigo. I just want to reiterate that we're monitoring developments carefully, we have extensive protocols in place, and we're making arrangements around remote work and risk assessments for people coming from impacted areas. As always, we will do what we need to protect our people foremost. I'll now turn the call over to Evan Pelscher, who's Vice President for Mining Kirkland Lake. Thanks, John. I'm starting on slide 19. 
Macasa produced 42,000 ounces in Q2, which was lower than both Q2 last year and the previous quarter. There was a significant impact related to COVID-19 and the transition to reduce operations. Part of the impact related to the fact that Macasa produces using a shaft and poses a challenge in coming to social distancing. We have extensive protocols in place and our people are doing an excellent job. Operating cash costs for the quarter averaged 547 per ounce in Q2 2020 versus 446 in Q2 2019 and 536 in the previous quarter. Lower sales volumes were the key driver of the higher cash cost per ounce. All in sustaining cost per ounce averaged 841 versus 788 in Q2 2019 and 850 the previous quarter. Again, lower sales <clears throat> volumes were the key factor driving the increase. Sustaining capital expenditure declined in Q2 2020, totaling 10 million versus 17 million in Q2 2019 and 14 million last quarter. The reduction was related to disruptions work caused by COVID. We will see a pickup in sustaining capital in the second half of the year as work levels increase. On a year-to-date basis, production totaled 93,000 ounces at operating cash costs of 541 and an all-in sustaining cost of 686. Looking ahead, we have a workforce back to pre-COVID levels and are expected to see increased productions based on higher tonnage and better grades over the balance of the year. Our guidance for the year is producing 210 to 220,000 ounces at a cash cost of 490 to 510 per ounce, and we are confident that we will achieve these targets. Turning to slide 21, despite losing a month of shaft sinking in Q2 due to COVID, the four shaft is progressing very well. During the quarter, we sank the shaft 617 feet for a total of 2,577 feet by quarter end. We are currently at about the 2940 level and we are averaging over 11 feet per day, which is better than planned. We're also making good progress with steel installation and putting in place all required infrastructure. On our last call, we discussed a change in scope to the project, which is going to allow us to complete the four shaft over a year sooner than initially planned by late 2022 at a lower capital. We are very much on track to achieve the new schedule. I will now turn the call over to Duncan King, Vice President, Canadian Operations. Thanks, Evan. Turning to Detour Lake on slide 21, the mine produced 132,000 ounces in Q2, which compared to 92,000 ounces for two months in Q1. Grains, grades remain, remain fairly low in Q2, averaging 0.79 grams to the ton. The lower grades have largely resulted uh, from processing higher volumes of stockpiled material than normally would be the case, which is typically lower grade than mine production. <clears throat> Our unit costs improved compared to Q1. Cash costs averaged $573 in Q2 compared to $696 the previous quarter. All in sustaining costs improved to $1,090 from $1,108 per ounce. Sustaining capital totaled $66 million in the quarter. As we have mentioned previously, all of Detour Lake's capital is reported in sustaining, with the exception of a small amount of capitalized exploration. So our, our ASIC of 1,090 is really an all-in cost. On a year-to-date basis, production at Detour Lake totaled 223,000 ounces at average cost of $628 and an all-in sustaining cost of 1,098 per ounce. Our guidance for the year is 520 to 540,000 ounces of production at operating cash costs of 610 to $630 per ounce. With mining rates increasing, we expect to see better grades in the second half of the year, and we remain confident that the reissued 2020 guidance will be achieved. With that, I'll turn the call over to Eric Callio, Senior Vice President of Exploration. Hey, thanks, Duncan, and good afternoon, everyone. My first slide today will be 22, which is from Casa, where expiration in Q2 started at slower, slower than planned rates, but then picked up quite a bit as the quarter progressed. In our view, still managed to show some reasonable progress on our projects. We also obtained what we believe are some very good results uh, from drilling, which we announced in April and illustrated on the current, current slide indicated the new drilling was done from the east limit of the 5300 level and intersected a, a number of high-grade zones to not only extend the SMC by another 75 meters to the east, 
but also defined a new high-grade corridor on the main break east of number four shaft, which at this point measures over 700 meters long by 300 meters high and remains open for extension both along strike and to depth. Although I'm not going to be reporting any new intercepts today, um, I believe we did continue to make some good progress uh, since that press release, including uh, more drilling in that same area, extended the drift further to the east, and now have a new platform that will allow us to reach even further along the structure. And looking to the future, we see things uh, starting to really pick up even more from, from uh, where we were in June. Uh, we uh, averaged about a number of maybe only about two drills in Q2 for a lot of the time, but uh, as of the end of July, we're up to seven and eight, and uh, we expect to be running at uh, nine to ten drills for the remainder of the year, which is very close to our original plan. And turning, on to, turning over now to slide 24, I'm going to talk a little bit about detour. And uh, what we see is an image for the detour property illustrating the initial results from the large drill campaign, which we commenced in March and we announced uh, in June. As we announced, the drilling that we're doing is part of a 250,000 meter program being done over the next year and a half, supply information for an updated resource and potentially expanded mine plan at the site. The results on the plan are from the main and west pit areas of the property and as indicated show eight holes in total with three specifically targeting the large gap between the west and main pits, which we call the saddle zone where there's been very limited past drilling, no current reserves, and very limited resources. As mentioned in the release, all the holes here were very successful, but we're especially pleased with the ones from the saddle, as all three intersected very broad zones of mineralization with attractive open pit grades and several high-grade subintervals, showing us that there could be potential for underground reserves at depth. We're also very happy that all the holes seem to intersect the targets very close to our projections, and contain similar grades and styles of mineralization that we see in the west and main pits. So this makes us feel very uh, good about our chances for continued success in the future. So turning, on now, turning over now to slide uh, 24, we're looking at a long section through the main and west pit areas and showing the current reserves, key drill targets, and new holes. As indicated, the current reserves are contained in two main pit channels defined by colored blocks, and the key target areas are the areas between these, which we call the saddle, as well as the area below the west pit, where there are no current reserves and very little past drilling. So in terms of the new holes, we see that they intersect both the east and west sides of the saddle zone in an area directly on strike with mineralization from the main pit. So a lot of areas to still drill, but a very good start to the program so far. Turning on now to slide number 25, we see results from the 58 north zone at Detour, where we also had some very positive news. The project is located eight kilometers to the south of the main pit and nearby to the lower Detour deformation zone and has an existing underground resource, which we believe has excellent chances for expansion and eventually supplying higher grade feeds to the Detour mill. As indicated, the key deposit here is located near the intersection of an east-west trending shear structure with a series of porphyries, and the new drilling focused mostly on the west side of the current resource, which is outlined in orange. As indicated in the release, results of the program were very successful and added 175 meters strike length to the west side and had some of the best grades that have been seen in this resource area. Considering these and the results in the saddle area, we believe things are going very well at Detour at this time, and now putting most of our new efforts towards speeding up the drilling and getting the results coming in even faster. And in summary, overall, I would say for Canada, I would say that despite the continuing turmoil with COVID, we still managed to have a reasonable success with advancing our projects, and things are looking up for the future. And so now with that, I'm going to turn over to Australia and going to uh, slide number 26 where we had uh, slightly less drilling again uh, than planned in Q2, but just released what I believe are some very exciting results from Fosterville from several different target areas, including the Swan, Signet, Carrier, and Robins Hill. The best results overall were from the Swan Zone, where we had several new holes from both within and proximal to the current mineral reserves. 
concerning some extremely high-grade uh, visible gold intercepts. The new results were obtained during infill drilling of the reserves near the intersection of the Swan and the Swan footwall slay, and were very encouraging to us due to the fact that they were much higher than expected uh, for this area. And although the total uh, extents of the high grade and the effects on reserves are still unknown at this time, we do have a lot more drilling planned for the Swan in the second half of the year. The area is down plunge, and this will be coming from a new hanging wall drift that was actually installed during the quarter. So this gives us a whole lot more options to hopefully find the same kinds of things happening. Also included the race was new results for Signet, which returned significant intercepts up to 100 meters north of, this, uh, of the current resource, as well as from areas immediately down and to the south of current reserves at Harrier, which both have the potential to add reserves in the near term in locations close by to current mining. And then to add to these, we also had some very good results from Robbins Hill, which, which uh, indicated not only uh, some excellent results up to 950 meters down plunge of the current reserve, but also potential extension of the overall system up to two kilometers along strike and then new zones occurring in the hanging wall. Important to note is that some of these new zones that we're locating along strike and in the hanging wall do have quartz and visible gold, which are the hallmarks, of course, for the swan and what we are really looking for. Overall, we're very encouraged by the drill results we're seeing in all of these target areas. And uh, we believe that they all continue to present significant growth opportunities for the company uh, with high-grade potential. And with that, with that, I will now turn the call over to Tony McCooch, and he's going to round out the presentation. Hey, thanks, Eric, and uh, thanks, everyone, John and uh, David and, and uh, uh, Mark and everybody for, for, for presenting and Anyway, yeah, and uh, you get it. You can get it very excited about the about Kirk and Lake Gold. You know, not only are you know industry leading in terms of earnings, uh, strong cash flow generation, uh, but you but you get the sense that uh, you know there's exceptional exploration upside, uh, lots of gold on the on the properties. We are really really good geology, and it's pretty exciting times in, in terms of what's happening in the company. And you know, uh, if you look at the results, in, in, and again, just to reiterate. In a challenging environment with COVID-19, and we still the, the people of the, of this company t- still continue to turn in this all the quarter, and we really again have to have to have to acknowledge all the hard work and professionalism and the responsible safety that that's been taking place in this company, you know, and you know if, if you know we generated 225 million of free cash flow, it's over 400 million dollars a year to date, ex- excluding unusual items. Again, uh, you know, we have industry leading financial strength, and you know, and, and, in, and on the other side, you know, we're we're, we're focused on return to share. We 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 continue to buy back shares, and as well as we've raised our dividend, and you can see there's lots of upside in terms of where dividends and 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 return to shareholders can go in this company, and you know, and and again, I'll go back to we have three outstanding assets in our portfolio. Well, we're we're very very excited about the acquisition of Detour Lake. We can see continue to see tremendous upside in this mine, and I think we are going to work over the next while to demonstrate that the the value of, of Detour Lake would be what the previous value of, of Kirkland Lake by itself was before we acquired Detour Lake. So just hold on and uh, keep your and that is a forward looking statement, by the way. Anyway, um, you know we you know we 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 do see you know. The, Continued exploration success going on the year, as Eric mentioned, you know, and you get the sense on the on the amount of exploration we're doing this year. We do ex- we 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 aren't do- we're drilling just for it because we 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 want to study the geology. We're looking for we want to study the geology, but for deposits and and we expect to get significant news flow uh, from exploration drilling over the year as 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 we progress and even into next year. And 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 then finishing up here, you know, we, we you know we. You can see the first half of the year was, was we had some good solid results. We did have a very strong second quarter, but we are pro- really poised for a strong second half of the year and well well positioned to achieve their reissued 2020 guidance. And so with that, I'll thank everyone for listening and we'll be happy to take any questions that anybody might have. Take care. As a reminder, to ask a question, you'll need to press star one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster.
Our first question comes from Obeyez Habib with Scotiabank. Your line is open. Thanks, operator. Uh, and hi, Tony, and congrats uh, on a good quarter despite the challenges with uh, the COVID impacts. Um, only a couple of questions from me. Um, first of all, in regards to um, production at uh, Detour and Macasa. So, so great to see that Detour and Macasa operations are kind of ramping back up nicely going into the second half. Uh, you mentioned workforce have returned to pre-COVID levels, uh, and specifically at Detour, uh, the question is, have you brought back all the trucks and shovels, or will this be a ramp-up uh, throughout uh, Q3? No, we're pretty much, uh, we pretty much have a, a, most everybody working that can be working at this point in time, and we, we have a lot of other work happening, too, at that site now with the, uh, with the TMA and some of the other capital projects that have maybe been put on hold. So we do have a lot happening. We're, you know, we're we're being challenged by uh, COVID-19, and and you know, by providing social distancing both in in and out in the workplace, but also in the kitchen, etc. I think people are doing an exceptional job there. But you know, uh, you know, we we are pretty much at 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 back back to normal levels, and and we do have all all of our equipment. If it's operating, planning to be operating, or planning to be manned. So, so then, in terms of uh, throughput levels and and mining uh, levels, I mean that's that's you're back to pre-COVID levels as well. Yes. Okay, perfect. And then just uh, switching gears on my end on uh, exploration. So, regards to your release uh, from Fosterville today. So that release obviously contains some positive infill results from Swan uh, and small stepouts from uh, Harry and Robbins Hills. There were some uh, larger stepouts as well. But is the focus for 2020 drill program, you know, to continue with infill at Swan and primarily improve the reserves uh, going into the next reserve update uh, coming early next year? Uh, maybe uh, I know Troy Fuller's on the line. Uh, I can let him answer a few of these questions. But you know, our priorities with with all of our exploration, number one, first priority is to is to uh, replace reserves mine. So some of that is is upgrading resources. Uh, so that they can, you know, we can we can move from inferred, et cetera, to a, to to an, an indicated or measured, so we can convert it to reserve. So that's that's one of our priority. We, the second priority is looking for extensions, and third priority looking for new mineralization. But Troy, I don't know if you want to give a little bit of color, if you're okay with that. Yeah, sure, Tony. Um, yeah, certainly uh, we are looking to to focus our drilling on. Um, uh, reserve uh, extension and um, particularly in the in the swan. So we've we've got a hanging wall drive that we've recently established, and, and a lot of the focus of the drilling is is on the 150 metre down plunge extension of the mineral reserves. So so there is a real real focus on that. Um, but 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 additionally, uh, we, we still continue to to undertake our uh, step out programs. Um, for the remainder of the year, our, our regional exploration uh, um, uh, is slowed, um, but obviously we'll we'll get back into that as as soon as we're able. Okay, thanks for that, Johnny, and uh, I think that's uh, good for me. Okay, thanks, Andy. Our next question comes from Cosmos Chu with CIBC. Your line is open. Hi, uh, thanks, Tony and team. Um, I guess my question is also on the exploration results that came out about an hour ago now. Um, you know, you kind of talked about uh, the info drilling here at Swan. Um, you know, still kind of early on, um, but I'm just wondering if, you know, you can give us a sense of how that can improve, potentially improve your reserves. Um, you know, if I remember correctly earlier on this year, when you converted some of the inferred into reserves, um, you lost some grade. Um, I'm just wondering if, you know, these results today, and certainly they're, they're great, you know, 900, almost 1,000 gram per ton over eight meters here. Is that going to, you know, add back some of that grade that, you know, you quote-unquote lost uh, earlier on this year? Uh, uh, Troy, do you, I mean, it may be a little bit early to answer that question, but uh, Troy, do you, can you give some color on that? Or do you feel comfortable? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Hi, Troy. Certainly, uh, Hi, how are you? We we did see some um, reductions um, with the end-of-year model update. 
and they were primarily driven by some volumetric um, reductions in in the models. Um, so so we did see some some reduction there. Um, these recent drill results um, uh, uh, have been exceptional um, and, and very high grade, and they, they're right along the intersection zone of the Swan and the Swan Splay. Um, and two of those results are greater than 5,000 gram metres, and, and three of the results are greater than 1,000 gram metres. And, and what we've seen is a continuity of a very high grade shoot there. Um, we, we're still doing the work. To, to understand the, the impact on, on reserves, but, uh, but, it, but it looks very encouraging. It's very, very much higher grade than uh, what we expected in the zone. I hope, hope that answers your question. Yeah, and, and then, uh, you know, Troy, I guess, you know, a lot of it was based on infield drilling, as we saw today. Um, you know, any, any potential for stepping out in SWAN? Because if I remember correctly, you know, at one point in time, the SWAN was somewhat contained. Um, but, um, you know, any, were there any kind of encouraging results coming out of potential step outs? I guess my point is, could we see the footprint of SWAN um, get bigger potentially, or is that not the case right now? Yeah, we're, we're seeing um, certainly um, potential to extend the, the reserve levels um, in, in SWAN through current drilling. Um, and look, a lot of our drilling in the second half of the year is is directly down plunge from the Swan Reserves itself. Um, so we'll be in a bit better position at the end of the year, I guess, to, to, to see, you know, what sort of grades we get uh, to, to the south of where we are now. Mm, okay. And, and then the second part of my question here is, uh, you know, certainly very uh, encouraging results out of Robbins Hill and, and Harrier. Um, but, um, you know, the grades are not the same as Swan, as sort of expected, not yet. Um, I guess, you know, my question is, What's the potential of potentially finding, you know, some of these bonanza grades at, you know, potentially Robbins Hill and Harrier? Um, I guess at one point in time, the theory was that as you go deeper in Robbins Hill, you know, it could uh, get uh, higher grades. To be honest, I haven't looked at all the drill results that came out earlier today, but is that still the case in terms of uh, potentially finding a new swan, maybe? Uh, and what's the potential here at Robbins Hill and Harrier? Yeah, cert certainly at uh, Robbins Hill, um, in our recent release, one of one of the deepest intercepts, in fact, the deepest intercept on the, the down plunge uh, projection of the, the Curie mineralisation intersected visible gold um, at, at about a kilometre vertically below surface. Um, so, so, so we are encouraged uh, by what we're seeing there. Um, we, we know we encountered the visible gold at uh, similar elevations in the in the lower Phoenix system in, in Eagle and Swan. Um, so, so we are very encouraged by what we're seeing in the early stages of drilling. But we've got uh, quite a bit more drilling to go to to fully realise the potential. And uh, and in Harrier, yes, we are seeing visible gold at depth in the system. Um, we we still have a, a lot more drilling to do there to fully understand um, the structural architecture. Um, but, but but as we're drilling, we're we're learning and developing our models. And uh, absolutely, we we think there could be could be something still down in the uh, Harrier system. And then uh, you know, at one point in time, the the highest potential was something that you had called Harrier Deeps. Are you you know the results that came out today? I guess is just semantics. But are we into Harrier Deeps now? And, and, you know, in terms of priority, has Robbins Hill sort of surpassed um, Harrier slash Harrier Deeps? Uh, yeah, so, so Harrier, yeah, we, we did see some solid results um, come, come out in the press release on the Harrier-based fault. Um, further down plunge, they are a little bit weaker. The mineralized system is, is still alive and there is still potential further down plunge. But... But what we're seeing at Robbins Hill is uh, the emergence of uh, visible gold at depth. Um, we're seeing strong sulphide results over a, over a long plunge extent. Um, so, so we are being more aggressive with our with our Robbins Hill drilling programs, and uh, and uh, also pushing the growth decline out towards uh, Robbins Hill, which will provide an exploration platform uh, for further drilling. Our next question comes from John Tumazos with John Tumazos Very Independent Research. Your line is open. Oh, thank you, Tony. 
Uh, concerning the 573 cash cost at Detour, it seems really great. Was there a temporary benefit from uh, crude oil and uh, very low in April or the C dollar week? Or if you sent some of the workers home, that means you probably sent the contractors home and you didn't have to feed the workers. Were those temporary benefits? Or should we look at it that the cost could fall to 500 when the grade repounds in your mining rather than milling stockpiles? Or it falls to 450 if you have autonomous trucks or 400 when you get more tons down the road when you expand. Seems exciting. Well, you know, that, 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 thanks, John. I mean, first off, uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's a lot of all, all all of those what you said. Definitely, the uh, you know, fuel prices coming down has helped. Currency uh, changes has helped. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and and and. and you know that as we go forward, I mean that there there are potential costs or improvements a lot. Again, we we're fo- we're focused on improvements by increasing uh, increasing but are increasing results the same costs. So you so you can get a sense that as as we progress, uh, you can you can get a sense that yeah, if, if you, you produce more more with the same amount of work and the same amount of money, we we expect to see costs coming down. But we are working at a lot of areas and 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 to improving. We don't. You know, I mean, a lot of that is going to take. It, it's going to not just all happen in the next three three months. I think, you, but but I think if you look over the next year or two, you're going to see some significant uh, improvements at detour, significant savings, significant increases in 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 in, uh, in, uh, in production, reductions in costs, and yeah, it is an exciting time. And you know, we are we are have have the right price of gold and a, a, a very motivated workforce and very capable work up there. At detour, so it is exciting time. What is the timetable for autonomous trucks? Is it three to five years out when the current fleet wears out? Uh, no, we're we're actually looking at that and uh, and 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 reviewing options of what we can do. I'm not mean. I'm not sure if we can go 100% to autonomous trucks. We are looking at bringing improving our our infrastructure up there. It is one of our one one of one of the things we are looking at though. Uh, combined with uh, you know number another uh, number of other areas to take advantage of technology, right? So um, it, you know it's 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 working now, right? There are autonomous trucks operating at, at various mines, and you know prior to COVID nineteen happening back in March, we were talking to some uh, some other operations, some other groups about you know can we go visit and see what's going on? That's been delayed uh, by by what happened, but. It doesn't stop us from the long term in terms of what we're going to try to do to improve working conditions, improve, uh, you know, in, in improve uh, opportunities for people. At the same time, uh, look, look at making it safer and and, uh, and and reduce costs and improvement, you know, improve, improve the, the overall operations. We, we're not going to we're not waiting for it. But, and, and it's not like we have to reinvent a lot of this stuff, John. And it's just a matter of us getting set up to, 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 to move. And we, we're not going to just wait for the trucks to wear out. If we see the opportunity, we're going to go. We have the financial strength to do that. Thank you. And and by the way, a lot of our trucks are have the are, are have the capability, and a lot of our equipment has the capabilities. We already are manning, running the drills, uh, a number of the drills remote at this point in time. Super. Our next question comes from Joff Wolfman with RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Josh Wolfson, your line is open. Sorry, that's not the first time today. Thank you. Um, so last last third quarter conference call for Detour, one of the opportunities the company had talked about was expanding uh, uh, daily permitting for the throughput up to about 90,000 tons a day, which was a plan for 2021, and they said could have happened or could have been realized, I guess, within uh, within 12 months. Has there been any progress on on your side in advancing that opportunity, uh, and is that something we should think about incorporating into our forecast for 2021? Uh, it, it is. Uh, we we are working on that. We do have that uh, advancing as as we speak. Um, you know, I'm not sure that uh, you know we may get the approvals in 2021, but then it's going to you know we, we we do have a lot of capital programs planned leading up to being able to increase throughput. Uh, 
know, uh, you know, you know, if 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 we if you we can give you a little bit more color on that, but that is our plan. I think, you know, we didn't we didn't pick up Detour continue at 21 million tons a year. We see the opportunity to grow production and, and grow grow milk put in its current. You know, it, 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 it's all tying together. So I'm sure it's going to. 2021 that we'll get to that full 90,000 tons of we'll see incremental improvements year over year over the next two, two or three years. Okay. And then second question, uh, I guess early in the quarter, uh, there was an announcement uh, that had talked about the hiring of a special advisor uh, with a focus, I guess, more on the junior and exploration part of the sector. Is there any read-through we should have with the company sort of M and A strategy with this update? No, I mean really the, 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 the what you're referring to is uh, you know, the, the pointed a great Gibson to where he's helping helping me and working with me as an advisor. I mean the biggest thing we're we're looking at uh, is is Josh is is we see the opportunity for continuous improvements and business improvement in the company. Um, whether it's it's in, ensuring we 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 get value, getting getting the value for the integration we see at Detour, uh, looking at costs, looking at our at our at our business processes, at all, at all of our operations. How do we how do we how do we perform better? Developing uh, different man, extended management systems into into uh, cost management or, or management accounting, understand cost drivers, understand the business, and so we're 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 really working towards building our our own internal, if you want to say, uh, management consulting group. That can that can go around the operations and and look where we can improve and so it's a group of people that are that can be put in to help and allow our operating people to focus on on the operations. We see lots of upside in 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 improving efficiencies in the company and you know you know being able to you know John Tomaso has indicated some things such as going to autonomous trucks et cetera we, we we're trying to man up the company uh, or people up the company I should say and 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 Build, build the resources and the strength in the company and, and, and move a lot of these things forward. So. Great. Thank you. Our next question comes from Kent Keene with S&P Global. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks for taking my question. I'm just curious, how are you looking at your 1300 an ounce reserve uh, price just with higher gold prices now? <laughs> I think we've seen a lot of mining companies say they're going to stick with their sort of, you know, 1,200-ish an ounce reserves for now. How are you looking at yours? I mean, I think for at this point in time, you know, we 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 we, we probably are going to stay with where we are. I mean, the really the, the the forecast the the fundamentally, you know, uh, it, it, it's the the value. You know, we we want to make sure we in, we ensure we we get margin and we don't dilute the business. Now, the where, where the opportunity lies is if we're if we if we say uh, you know if we if we say in, you know use example that detour say we think we can get up to ninety thousand tons a day if we do ninety thousand tons a day at our current reserves at, 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 as as stated and, and and the gold price as stated uh, that, and then we still have additional throughput and we can bring incremental ore and we could do that but but our focus is on 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 maintaining mar- margin. We're not going to start, uh, you know, uh, lowering that expectation in in this period of time. We are into short term. Uh, again, I mean, if this price of gold continues on, and we feel confident it's going to be here for 10, 20 years, then I guess we can we can start looking at what we might do with reserves. But at, at this point in time, you know, it's it, 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 at the, we're not we're not planning to increase the, the, the lower the grades that we mine just because the gold price is higher. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Our next question comes from Carrie McCurry with Canaccord. Your line is open. Hi, good afternoon. Just a question back on Detour, just in terms of the mining rate now that you're you're back up and running there. Is that, do you have any guidance on the tons planned to move in H2? You know, the previous management team had parked a bunch of, you know, trucks and was still able to keep the mill full. So just wondering about the mining rate. Yeah, well, I think but the, the, the trucks that were parked uh, were, were some trucks that were sort of not odd trucks out of the fleet. And there's a you know, you got to maintain your fleet of trucks. Uh, I think there's 35 trucks. Um, is, is Larry on the call? I believe Larry Lizek is on the call. If you want to give a little color to that, or Duncan, you want to give a little color to that? I, I can speak to that, Tony. It's Larry. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're back to uh, full complement of uh, all our all of our main production equipment is 
is uh, operating. Uh, we are running fleet of 35 trucks and anticipate to be at uh, you know full production levels uh, for the rest of the year, give or take uh, 290, 300,000 tons a day. 290 to 300. Yeah, total total ore and waste. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time, and I'll turn the call back over to the company for closing remarks. Thanks very much, operator. Uh, it's Mark here, and thanks again, everybody, for uh, participating in our call today. As you heard, we had a very successful second quarter, very strong profitability and cash flow generation, and we've had very, very encouraging expiration results so far this year at all three of our, our cornerstone assets. Looking ahead, uh, we're well positioned entering the second half of the year to achieve our guidance, and we expect to see uh, even stronger results, uh, particularly at Macasa and Detour Lake as we go forward, as they've ramped up. And we think we're well positioned, too, to have quite a bit of news flow to deliver to the market. So thanks again. We're looking forward to our next call to update you on our, on our progress again. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.